the VCA Voice podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marie Curl. Our goal with the VCA Voice is to showcase how VCA Animal Hospitals is taking care of the future of veterinary medicine. We'll bring our purpose to life through meaningful conversations about care, our culture, and the communities we serve. On today's episode, I'm happy to welcome Julie Antonellis. Julie is the program director of the VCA Veterinary Technician Academy. She is a veterinary technologist and veterinary technician specialist in emergency and critical care. Julie also serves on the board of directors for the Connecticut Veterinary Technician Association. Hi, Julie. Hi, Dr. Curl. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I had such a great time talking with you. I think it's been several months ago up at the Technician Academy, and I figured our listeners would want to learn more about that. I think we'll jump right into some questions. And I'm going to start with if you tell me about your role in veterinary medicine and also your current role. Sure. Um, So I was probably a very typical veterinary technician, very kind of like interested in animals all throughout, Uh, grew up in New Hampshire, Um, decided to, when I went to school, I wanted to have the option of maybe becoming a veterinarian. So I received my bachelor's degree in veterinary technology. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been working in emergency critical care for about 25 years. Wow. Um, So right out of school. You're a unicorn. I am. I am a (laughs) unicorn. I am. Um, It just kind of like took a hold on me and I didn't want to give it up. I think part of that is because I've just had the opportunity to work with some amazing teams. Like every hospital I've been at, I've learned so much and been around people that are just willing to teach and um, just really, really great teams. So I started off at um, actually Tufts University in their ICU and then kind of worked my way down the East Coast and was in Virginia for a while and moved back up to Connecticut and decided to work with the folks at VCA to form this program, the the VCA Vet Tech Academy. And it's been really rewarding. Now, is that when you joined VCA or were you with VCA prior to that? The hospital that I was at in Virginia was actually acquired by VCA several years before I had left. Mm -hmm. And I liked working for the program. You know, I liked working for the company. And when I moved up, um, I had been in contact with Dr. Shaw. So I've Mm -hmm. known Dr. Shaw for years. I actually worked with him at Tufts when he was doing his residency. And we've just always, you know, had that sort of connection. And uh, when I moved back up, he put me in contact with Suzanne Schindel and Joe Beck. And the conversations just kind of came and, and it really just kind of morphed into this pilot program that we decided to create together. If we have listeners who may not be familiar with the role of veterinary technicians in veterinary healthcare, what would you want them to know about it? Um, I think what I would want them to know is that veterinary technicians are the folks that are providing the nursing care for their pets that are seen in our hospitals. We have gone to school to either receive an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree in veterinary technology. And that program is very similar to what you would see in human nursing, Mm -hmm. where it's very focused on science, physiology, and the clinical aspects of patient care. So we are paraprofessionals and are a very integral role in the veterinary hospitals that we have. We definitely assist the veterinarians, but we are not just assistants to the veterinarians. We have our own unique role in the hospitals and we really provide that care to their pets that is going to make the experience for their pets and also for them be pretty outstanding in our hospitals. 
So what does a successful working relationship look like in the veterinary team between the veterinarian, the veterinary technician, veterinary assistant, and customer service representatives? For me, the first word that comes to mind when I when I hear this question is collaboration, right? Okay. Collaboration and communication. Because for me, I think the reason that I've been in the field for as long as I have and the reason why I've been on such successful teams is because there has been a true collaboration in all of those roles, right? Um, a mutual respect, a mutual trust that kind of goes along the way. We have to have communication from our customer service representatives at the front desk. There are front lines, right? Right? Mm -hmm. And they have a really tough job a lot of the times, especially working in emergency critical care, clients that are coming in that they're stressed, you know, their family member is, is hurt or is sick. And so they're kind of that front line. And so them being able to relate to us things that are going on and to know that we're fully supportive of them in their role, even during those kind of tough situations for them. Right. And then I think from the veterinarian perspective, that collaboration on cases. So knowing that the veterinary technician and the veterinarian can really use their toolboxes, that they all have kind of unique toolboxes together to form a plan that's going to help this pet is super, super important. And as far as our assistants, I, they are so observant, right? They, they, they see things that oftentimes, you know, we're busy and, and maybe we're not going to notice a, a little small thing. And so for them to be able to come and say, hey, Julie, this, this cat looks like maybe it's breathing a little funny. Or when I took this dog out last time, he walked like this and now he's doing something different than for me to actually listen and then go and yeah. assess um, that patient and then bring my assessment to the doctor and working as a team to try to solve whatever problem we've got going on. So it sounds like everyone is really focused on the patient first. Is that right? Patient first. Absolutely. Patient first. Great. Now, you are a veterinary technician specialist. Can you tell me a little bit more about vet tech specialties in general and why you decided to take that step? Absolutely. So there are actually 16 uh, specialty academies okay. that are recognized by the National Association of Veterinary Technicians. And they range from anything from internal medicine to behavior to like anesthesia and analgesia and, of course, emergency critical care, which is near and mm -hmm. dear to my heart. And the best. Um, <laughs> exactly. And the best. <laughs> um, and so the folks that are, are become veterinary technician specialists are usually very passionate about their, their specialty, right? They've been working in that field for a long time. And so then they decide that they want to become specialized in that particular field. So once they decide to do that, they go through a whole application process and then ultimately take a board exam to become specialized. For me, it was kind of a no-brainer um, when I was in school. It actually was just kind of starting out. When I looked back at like when I took my exam, I was actually the fourth class to take the board exam Wonderful. for the emergency critical care specialty, which has been around for a long time now. Yeah, emergency critical care was the first vet tech specialty. It was, yes, it was mm -hmm. the first, yes. And, um, and I remember very vividly when I was in school, there was a flyer up on one of the hallways and it was like this new thing that was out this you could become um, specialized in emergency and critical care and and for me when we were in school we had to do an externship in an emergency facility and so okay. it just really locked in my interest 
like the idea that I could become specialized in this was pretty amazing. And so this was like a goal that I had. And then when Mm -hmm. I uh, went to work in emergency critical care, the mentors that I had were among, I think, either the first or the second exam group that that took it. Mm -hmm. And they really encouraged me to go down that road. So the idea of, of just wanting to like learn more and submerge myself into this specialty was, um, I, I was all for that. I'm a very goal motivated person. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to have this for me. So what was the hardest part about specializing? And what's your favorite part about being a specialist? For me, the hardest part was the studying. Okay. I loved the the case reports. I loved doing the case logs. At, at the time, there weren't like a lot of study groups. There weren't study guides and things like that. So you're studying everything, right? And you have to learn it at a very detailed level, getting into the physiology behind things and 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 why everything is happening and really kind of diving deep. So that was the challenging part. I loved every minute of it, but it one of those things where that type of stuff doesn't always come super easy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was kind of a challenge, I think. As far as what I love the most about it, Uh um, I love cases that are like so all consuming that you are using every single part of your brain and your skill and everything else to just focus and try to help this patient, right? And where you're collaborating with the doctors on the cases and they're listening to you and they're even bouncing ideas off of you. And you're just really feel like you have a true hand in how this case is going. And I just have always loved that. Like throw me the cases that have the million syringe pumps, Mm -hmm. you know, you're calculating all these things. And I just, I love that stuff. I didn't know until today that you are on the board of directors for the Connecticut Veterinary Technician Association. Tell me a little bit about that work. Sure. I joined the board in 2022. We represent the veterinary technicians of Connecticut. Um, We're basically a group of folks who feel very strongly about doing our part to give back to the veterinary community by helping advance and improve the expertise of veterinary technicians in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. We do it through offering continuing education opportunities to our members. And most recently, we've started having conversations around looking at title protection in the state Mm -hmm. and what we can do to best represent and serve our members. Well, thank you for serving in that way. That's really helpful overall to our profession. So I I appreciate that. I'd like now to share with our listeners how you're taking care of the future of veterinary medicine through this novel training program that you develop. Tell me a little bit about how the idea came about with your in-hospital training program to help veterinary assistants become credentialed veterinary technicians. So when we started the conversation about what I wanted to do kind of moving up here, and, and I think what Suzanne and Joe and I kind of all agreed on is that there is a need for credentialed veterinary technicians. And I think that most people in veterinary medicine would agree on that, right? Absolutely. And so, again, I'm a very sort of goal-motivated person. So for me, I saw this as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we said, well, BCA and Penn Foster have a a good relationship and they've had a good relationship for years. And Penn Foster, um, for those who don't know, is an online education provider um, and they have a veterinary technician program that's AVMA accredited. So veterinary technician programs have to be recognized by the AVMA to be considered a credentialed program. Um, And Penn Foster has one of those and, and it's an online program. It's a go at your own program. And that is 
great for a lot of people, but sometimes that can be challenging because when it's go at your own pace, life gets in the way and there aren't deadlines. And if you're anyone like me, that could be really a challenging thing sometimes. Yeah. And so what we said was, why don't we kind of marry the two things? So we we have this program. Why don't we enroll folks in to Penn Foster and then we're going to guide them through the program. So we're going to help them by providing some supplemental and diving deeper into concepts, teaching and learning. So we have some classroom setting stuff that we do with them. But then we're also providing training. So getting them to the point where they can be working in the hospital and be providing patient care. And so what we're finding is our students are really thriving. They're learning very quickly. They're gaining skills very quickly. um, And they're really understanding the why behind a lot of the things that they're doing. Mm -hmm. The program was kind of born because of a need, because we needed credentialed veterinary technicians and we needed those to come out well-educated and also well-trained and being able to kind of hit the ground running when they get out of school. So why would someone choose to do this program rather than just going to a brick and mortar school and as you did? Um, I think brick and mortar schools are great. And, and, and that's what I did going into school, but that's not for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I think this blends the idea of an online school with the practical knowledge and kind of working through concepts. So even in brick and mortar schools, you're not necessarily getting a lot of clinical experience because you're not working in a hospital unless you have a job on the side Mm -hmm. while you're going into school. And what we're doing is we're marrying those two. So they're in school and we're supporting them through that, but we're also training them and giving them skills that then we're having them work with a mentor actually in the hospital setting and practicing those skills in a very real way. So they're actually helping with patient care. It starts out very basic, animal restraint and things like that, but then it grows, right? Mm -hmm. Moving into drawing blood and then ultimately putting in IV catheters and things like that. And so they're really doing the work that our veterinary professionals are doing. Is that helpful to the hospital as well? Absolutely. In fact, we have second year students now who are actually picking up two shifts a week in the hospital. So they're getting a little bit of autonomy because they're working on shifts independently, but they're also filling a need for the hospital. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So how do you find veterinary assistants who are interested in jumping into this program and how many can you train at a time? We have ads on uh, multiple job boards and our VCA hospitals have been very generous in letting their staff know that these are opportunities for them through VCA. And so that's where a lot of our applicants come in. Currently, we are able to accommodate about eight folks in a class. Uh, We're looking to expand that though. So we're actually um, expanding to an additional hospital. So we're hoping to be able to double our class size next year for our incoming class. So what does the day-to-day look like for you and your students, and how do you deliver the education program and support them with their online learning? They are with me two days a week where we have sort of a traditional sort of classroom setting that could be anywhere from lecture, that could be having discussion about particular topics that they're learning about, medical math, 
to all of that kind of stuff, just kind of learning those concepts. But then we also have a lab portion where we're practicing skills and we practice on models first before we move on to live patients. And then they're with a mentor on the floor of the hospital where they are being integrated into the team. So they're working, um, rotating through specialties in the hospital. They're working in the emergency department. So they're observing triages and they're helping with discharges and things like that. So it's really kind of blending those two things. So their week is sort of split up between classroom setting and then also bringing those concepts to the practical working in the hospital so they can really make those connections in real time. How long is the program? Is this anticipated to be a two-year training program? Our goal is about two years. I think in reality, it's going to probably be a little bit longer, but um, my goal is about two years to get folks graduated. Yeah. And do you have any that are close to finishing? Yes, we have our first class uh, just finished up with their externship, and we've actually just finished our first class in uh, semester three. So that's wonderful. And they are really cruising along and doing well. So my goal for them is to have them graduated within the next year. Wonderful. And are they finding the online portion of the coursework doable? Yes, absolutely doable. Penposter does a great job. The The content is really, really great. Um, it does go through concepts really well. And so what we're doing in the classroom setting is really just enhancing what they already have going on. So, um, and just kind of making it so that everyone truly understands what it is that they're learning. Yeah. And I, I think your earlier point about the educational content being good, but it being unstructured, that is, I think what makes that online learning program really difficult that, especially if you haven't been a college student previously, that it's it's hard to do that alone. Absolutely. And even just sometimes like the words, like we, we know sometimes mm-hmm. even like veterinary verbiage is just difficult to understand. And so being able to talk through those concepts is very, very helpful for them. Right. Now, veterinary technicians need to know about all animal species. So how are you addressing their large animal and equine and exotic pet knowledge? So we're pretty excited. Last year, we were actually able to go and visit a large animal facility that specializes in surgery. And so they got to go in and see, you know, how things were were set up and how large, you know, their all of (laughs) their their equipment is and things like that. Really big equipment. (laughs) Really big equipment. Um, And we're actually super excited because we're going to have the opportunity to go and actually volunteer at a therapeutic riding place. We're going to be doing that once a month um, Mm -hmm. with the students. So they'll really be able to get some exposure to being around horses and and those large animals. And the nice thing too with Penn Foster is they actually have fast tracks. So for their externship skills, the students can actually go and spend a concentrated amount of time working with some of the larger animals and some of the farm animals. So that's kind of neat. With the students you're working with now, would you be happy to hire them as technicians with what you know about them? Without hesitation. Wonderful. What have you learned from your students? Do you think that your teaching skills have improved? I think they've definitely improved. What I already knew about myself was that I just really love to teach. Um, And I love to see people get so excited to learn a new skill. You know, when you see a little tear because they drew blood for the first time, it's like, Mm -hmm. it just makes your heart so happy. (laughs) I just love it. You're constantly learning new things every day, but it just really is so nice to have something affirmed for you that you you know that you love to do this and this is kind of what you're made to do. 
Have you noticed any changes in your staff in the hospital now that they've been involved in really working alongside in the training program as well? People are excited. When students are around, people get excited, right? Um, They keep you on your toes because they oftentimes ask questions that you haven't (laughs) thought about in 20 years. And you're like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to think about that for a minute, you know? Um, But I think that it keeps everyone on their toes, but it's also inspiring. It's like a really exciting energy to have around all the time. You know, when you have people that are eager and just starting out in their career, for those of us who've been around for a long time, sometimes you need that. (laughs) It's like a little boost of caffeine on your shift, you know, when you have people that are just excited to be there and to be seeing things for the first time. It's really exciting. Oh, I completely agree. I'd loved through my career being able to work with students and young professionals and watch that growth. And you see light bulb moments where they just didn't get something. And then all of a sudden the concept makes sense. And that hands-on skill that they've been struggling with all of a sudden comes together and that starts making sense too. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, I think that your program also will benefit from the Mars Veterinary Health Library that will be university level library access with more than 2,000 journals and 600 textbooks, not just for doctors, but for all of our associates. Wow, that is really exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. It and I think that it will really help programs like this and help make sure that we're delivering the best quality care from the highest science that we can. So if there's other folks out there that are listening who are considering starting this kind of program, what advice would you have for them and what were some of the roadblocks and what are some of the ways that it can be made easier from your experience that you've had? I think having that mentor is key. The mentor that we have with the students really takes the stress away from the staff when it comes to training. It's just nice to have a go-to person for them um, when they have questions or when they want to try something new or what have you. That's literally just assigned to them. I also think um, be patient, you know, and know that it's not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've said that throughout, you know, give us some grace. We're, we're sorting through every, every new class is a new class. Uh-huh. It's okay to not be perfect and it's okay to make mistakes. And I think that it also shows growth to the students as well, like knowing that we're going to learn from these things and we're going to do better next time. These students are all working with different specialists in areas in a specialty hospital. Do you think that they will want to stay in specialty care? I think some will. Um, We had during their externship, we actually had them rotate through uh, general practice as well, Mm -hmm. because I really think that it's important to get a full sense of all of veterinary medicine because specialty medicine isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. I think some will go into general practice. So I think that they're really kind of spread throughout and how they'll end up in veterinary medicine. I just, I'm excited to see all the fantastic things that they do. Have any of them expressed an interest in becoming a vet tech specialist like you? Yes, I have one that wants to become a specialist in anesthesia and analgesia, Uh and they all have thrown out, oh, I I think I want to specialize in this, (laughs) or I want to specialize in this, Uh so it'll be interesting to see how, how it all turns out. So we're about at the end of our time, and in closing, what would you say to someone who's listening who might be considering getting started in veterinary medicine? 
do it, do it. Don't hesitate. <laughs> do, it. <laughs> do it. I mean, if you love science, if you're a little bit nerdy, this is the place for you. Like these are your people, right? This is where you want to be. I, I've been here for my whole career and I just can't see myself doing anything else. We need more people. You know, we need folks that are just as excited, just as passionate about the medicine and the patients that, that we are. And so just, yeah. just do it. Just do it. Yeah. We need great people in all areas of veterinary health care and your enthusiasm, excitement. I'm sure it's infectious and helps your students to grow and see themselves in a way that they wouldn't perhaps have been able to see themselves otherwise. Well, Julie, it's been great speaking with you again. You are a ray of sunshine, and I'm so happy that you are engaging new professionals to come into veterinary medicine and helping to grow the future of veterinary medicine. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity, Dr. Curl. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. Don't forget to leave a review to let us know your thoughts and share the episode with friends. Follow VCA Animal Hospitals on social media at LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more inspiring stories, visit our website at vcavoice.com. Thank you.